Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. On this episode of TV Gold, it's a bit of a festival of the BBC first, if you like. A couple of new series premiering there, 15 Love and The Catch. We'll also look at the ABC's third season of War on Waste and the second season of The Bear. We also have some correspondence we'll get into this week, both sort of touching on the same area. Welcome, Andrew Mercado. Hi, James. Now, look, both our correspondents this week talk a little bit about completing a series, and they both uh-huh. raise that, both in different ways. Look, I thought we'd start the uh, episode with one of them. Greg Baxter writes to us about Bay of Fires. Okay. Yes. A show we've talked about, and we had a special dedicated episode with Marta Dusseldorp, which came out a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I'll read. It's a bit lengthy, but but he raises some, I think, quite valid points. And okay, I look forward to get your feedback on whether there's just how valid they are. Okay. He starts off. If either you or Andrew were given all eight episodes to review. When the show finishes airing season one, can you review it? He said, I watched the first episode, but the silliness of the writing didn't land for me, and I removed the recording and didn't record the rest. He goes on, he calls, he he says, the Kiwi lady, and I think that's actress Rachel House, I think, who plays the, um, he said, who viewers assume is a federal cop, and he says in brackets, if she is, she'd really be an Aussie, which is perhaps a fair point, uh, tells Stella, Marta Dusseldorf, that two men want to kill her. Uh, Greg continues, common sense would suggest uh, she would have approached her a lot earlier and not in the supermarket, like as soon as Stella left her house. That would have stopped the staffer in the small stu- supermarket from getting killed. And he said there have also... Uh, been perhaps more people in the supermarket. He said, why would two killers be stupid enough to kill someone in a place with CT, CCTV and an incident like that would make the news all over Australia, show Stella on the CCTV as well as the two killers? Why wasn't the federal cop armed with the gun herself? And why didn't she have one or two other cops to back her up? Um, he now he continues this, bear with me. He says, um, neither Stella or her two kids ask the Kiwi lady who the hell she is. Stella calls the Kiwi lady to say the, the house in Tassie they've been put in is a piece of shit and not livable. And the woman just says, well, what do you expect? He says, that's ludicrous as well. Uh, Stella gets moved to a small town in Tassie with six people, even though the buildings in the main street are large enough to house more people. Uh, He finishes with, if someone goes into witness protection with federal or state cops, they definitely be placed somewhere that's livable in good condition. And if there's any problems, the cops will take it serious and get it fixed ASAP. Um, Now, he finishes finishes with his alternative plot, which is a little bit... A little bit gruesome for my liking. He says, look, for me to have enjoyed this show, that if the two killers had actually killed Stella's two children and come close to killing Stella, but they missed. Now, there's a fair fair bit to unpack there, but let's start at the end. That alternative plot, I think that's a bit of a downer to um, 
introduce a, a show on, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. And I think Marta Dusseldorp told us in her podcast that she specifically wanted to make uh, a show where she played a character with teenage kids to base it on a situation she'd had with her own teenage kids. And, and Glenn raises a lot of, uh, well, interesting points in that email. But, you know, I'm not convinced yet that it is the federal police or a, or a government agency. The whole okay. thing is so bizarre. And the New Zealand woman, to me, it could be all be an undercover crime thing for all I know. And, the, and she may not actually be part of a, a government agency because it all is quite weird. And you're right. I think we need to come back to this after eight episodes. Um, when we get to the end, uh, Martin Dusseldorp has told us that there's something massive happening happens in episode five that explains a lot of what's going on. And it does feel to me like there's still a lot of weird stuff going down here that that there is more of an explainer coming along. So I think we need to get to the end of eight episodes to decide whether or not the representation of what could be a government or could be a police agency is believable or not. And the town, it, it's I think it's irrelevant that the town looks like it could house a lot of people because the town is presented as a ghost town. Uh, you know, whatever it was, an old copper mining town or something on that coast of Tasmania that has seen better days. I mean, uh, yeah, I, th I think we have to wait and get to all eight hours. And I'm going to watch all eight hours. Uh, I don't know how many you've watched. We, I watched three episodes before we did the review. Uh, that episode five will be up on our ABC media preview site for critics. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I I'm with you. I think we'll, we'll, well, I'm with Greg too, that I think we should come back and do something a bit more special when this series ends because we've already invested so much time reviewing it, spending time with Marta. So it would be good yeah. to do a recap. Yes. And can I also say that I noticed a lot of negative social media reaction to Bay of Fires after that first episode, which you and I did agree was pretty hectic. Yes. Um, what's interesting, though, is I was reading all that thinking, oh, this doesn't look good. But, you know, the viewers have responded to it. It had, as you, as Media Week pointed out, an 87% uptick in viewers, uh, making its current viewership 1.1 million viewers, which would make it the highest rated Australian drama of the year, wouldn't it? New? I mean... Uh, even with catch-up figures, I'm not quite sure that Home and Away gets over 1.1 million. Am I wrong there, James? No, it'd be up there. I'm not. Um, I'm not on top of ratings as much as I used to be, but it'd certainly be amongst the most watched. Very well. It's the, the highest-rated new Australian drama of the year so far. Okay. By a long, by a long shot. So it's interesting that um, a lot of people are saying they don't like it, and yet it, it would appear from the figures that a lot of people did watch it. It'll be interesting to see how many of them stick through to eight episodes. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I take on board a lot of um, Greg's criticisms of that first episode. As you say, things we did raise in part. Um, but I, I guess when you watch a show like this, you, you sort of suspend disbelief a little bit, don't you? You know, you, and you give yeah. them, you think, okay, that's, they're taking some poetic license. And as you point out, a lot of this stuff will likely be explained things that look like 
you know, plot holes, perhaps in the start, could could be otherwise explained towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, good points. Start, so, I'm sorry. Some interesting points raised by Glenn. Thanks yeah, for yeah. the email. Thank you, Greg. And don't forget, you can uh, write to us, send us an email, send us your thoughts. Uh, you might agree, you might disagree with uh, Greg. Comments at tvgold.au. Let's go to 15 Love, uh, an interesting drama coming up on BBC First. Six parts. It's been on Prime Video in a lot of markets around the world, but it's going to be on um, BBC First here. It's actually made by Amazon Studios, I think. It brings back Aidan Turner to a lead role, someone we've discussed a fair bit uh, on this. And it's um, I've seen the first two. It's about a tennis coach who is accused of sexual assault of of an up-and-coming uh, tennis champ he's been coaching. Um, the co-star is a newcomer, Ali Lily Highland, who who I think does a pretty good job. But how much have you watched yeah. of this one? I've watched the first two episodes. Well, I've watched one and three quarters. I was trying to finish it this morning <laughs> before we did this. Um, yeah, you're right. Ella Lily Highland doesn't a gives an amazing performance in the role of this, you know, elite tennis professional who we see in the first minutes of the show is playing a pretty important tennis match and uh, gets an injury. And this, of course, throws her entire tennis career uh, into disarray. And then we pick up the story a few years later um, and her coach, Aiden Turner, a coach that we see her make a pass at um, that appears to be an unwanted pass by the male coach. But then, you know, as with this drama, they're, they're clearly trying to uh, not let the audience know who's the guilty party, who's telling the truth or not, because we can see from Aidan Turner's performance that he's giving a lot of side eyes and looks a bit shifty sometimes. And I think it's a really interesting um, proposition for a TV series because we have seen this lately as part of the Me Too movement, the power imbalance between coaches and uh, some of their charges. But 15 Love is telling a very interesting story. I love that title, by the way, 15 Love. What a great title to work both ways. Although my understanding, um, based on the episode I'm just watching, is that um, we're not talking about a 15-year-old girl here. They talk about her actually being 16 uh when these uh and there's all that discussion about well she how old she was and and all of that so uh yeah it's it's a very 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 interesting proposition for a tv series i guess my concern with it as much as i'm loving these first two episodes you know six episodes is a long time to watch a show about sports for me because it's not a genre that i tend to be that interested in um, i'm wondering how they're going to keep that story going uh, for another four hours yeah i was going to say but there's you haven't really got to be into sports to watch it there's not much tennis right it's no, not tennis, really. Tennis is the backdrop. It could be anything. It could be, could be banking. It, it could be, you know, yeah. working in a, I don't know, transport company, whatever. It's sort of, yeah. um, it's about the relationship between, uh, someone sort of in a position of authority, isn't it? Over, Correct. over a, a younger person, which, you know, with, there's been a lot of cases in real life, um, that have played out in the public arena. 
And this dramatization to the thing about it, look, I wasn't in, excuse the pun, in love with this, um, a, a lot, but the thing that, uh, look, I think I know where this will go, but the thing will keep me watching is, am I right? Will this pan right. out? Will this pan out like I think it will, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Because each episode they're revealing a little bit more of what actually happened. Okay? Right. So in the first episode, you get a little teaser. I think the, the very first scene, the um, the student, Justine, um, yep. tries to kiss uh, Glenn, who's aid in the tennis yeah. match, right? He pushes her away and says, look, no, we've talked about this in the past. Um, yeah. Someone else sees this going on. Um, and then... Later in that episode, there's a bit more than in the second episode. There's a bit something happens when I think she's probably still 16. I think they're in on tour in Russia or perhaps in a hotel room. And so I think yeah, I haven't a, seen that yet. A little bit more will be revealed in every episode. So yeah, they're definitely going to uh, spin it out. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you say that, that are you going to keep watching it to see if your theory is proved right? <laughs> because it has to be, they're going to have to keep you guessing why it's got to be a he says, she says thing until the very end, right? Or there's no reason to keep watching it. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's almost like a mystery, isn't it? I mean, the cops get involved. Um, I think that'll happen. We'll see more of that as the series un unravels. Um, yeah. You know, there's implications for the business that employs both uh, Justine and Glenn. You know, how should they manage this sort of um, this sort of goings on? The reputational damage they could suffer. Um, I, yeah. I, I just all those little elements uh, really make it quite good. The cast is good. Aidan Turner. Look, I haven't seen him in a lot. We saw him in Poldark, of course. I actually of haven't course. watched much of his other stuff. I don't. We. I never got to watch The Suspect. Um, which I think was last year. We, I think he played an undercover um, agent or a MI6 or something. Um, he yeah, was in, I didn't watch that. He was in Leonardo, and I think he was in the Hobbit movies as well, and I've never seen any of those. I, I was. I almost wanted to, as I was Googling information about it last night, I could see an article about explaining the ending, oh, and I was you. like, oh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I had a plot spoiler and I was like, do I, do I want to watch this for six hours or could I just cheat here? Because I guess my, my concern is, is it going to have a satisfactory ending? So part of me was wanting to read it just to see if the audience, because I always get a little bit concerned when I see those headlines, but we know the tabloids write those headlines to make you read the story. But when they say ending explained, it's like, oh, no, it's not one of those ambiguous endings, is it, where the audience is left to make up their own mind and so someone's had to write an article. But that's a kind of a general headline that they use. And I resisted from doing it because I'm kind of still there thinking I might go the distance with this show, 15 Love, which uh, is screening here on BBC First, so I presume it's uh, able to be watched on Foxtel and Binge. Yeah, and just quickly, uh, that Ella Lily Highland, uh, a bit of a newcomer. This is her, certainly her, her 
only leading role. I think the only other series she's been in, she was in one episode of something called uh, Intruder, which I don't know much about. I also like um, Anna Chancellor, who plays, I think, oh, yes. she runs the um, Tennis Academy. Where yeah, yeah. Justine and Glenn work. Look, I love her work. Uh, Mrs. Harris yes, goes to yes. Paris. She was in The Split. Yeah. Uh, and there's still a season of The Split I haven't seen, so that's also on my must-watch. She was in Hotel Porto Vino. I loved her in that. And she was also in The Hour, that BBC series about a um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A fictional current affairs show in the 60s. In the 60s, yeah, yeah. 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 That was brilliant. So, and and I guess Tom Varney as Steve, who's the like tennis assistant, um, who's hovering around, and he reveals he used to have fantasies about um, the tennis coach as well. Um, he he's really good. He was in Ridley Road, I think that was last year. Something else which I never got around to seeing either. Yeah, yeah. So okay. look, you know, I, I actually did like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering whether I've got the time to finish it. Okay, so that's 15 Love, BBC First, six episodes. I think you can also watch it on, so you can watch it on Binge or Foxtel. Look, the most important series of this week, no spoiler, we we won't say what our best ones are until the end of the episode, but the, probably the most important is War on Waste, the third yeah. season. Uh, Craig Rucastle, again, doing some great work on, um, you know, just where are we going with the waste that we're all creating? It's interesting that you use that word important because that's the word that I would use to describe it as well when I was thinking about what I would say about it. You know, it was um, I've watched all of War on Waste and it's it's that great reminder to you that TV can just be entertainment and you can just switch your mind off. But, you know, it is also a really useful tool to try to, you know, improve humanity and better the world. And I think War on Race really shows that. And I was particularly fascinated by that first episode that was going going to the plant where they are sorting all the contents of the yellow bin and talking about what should be in a yellow bin and what can't be in, in a yellow bin. And, you know, there was that just the, this t- these tiny little bits of information like, oh, you know, a little bit of paper. Don't worry about a little piece of paper. It's just going to get lost in the flotsam and jetsam of the sorting. You know, if it's a big piece of paper, yeah, put it in for recycling. But, yeah, you don't have to put the every little piece of paper. And talking about the stuff that, you know, it, it just made me think, yeah, right. You know, and when I put the bin out the other night, I was like, oh, yeah, that can just go in rubbish. There's no way they can recycle that. So I thought it's it's really interesting that you can take information from a TV show, put it to use in your own life and really try and make this this gigantic problem we have. And, James, how <laughs> fascinating was it to learn that the – can and bottle recycling scheme, which, uh, you know, you, you now can put your can into these machines and get some money back. And they talk about the fact that that stuff is being processed and recycled within six weeks, going mm. from recycle back on the shelves. And that that's what we need to do with everything now in this world. I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah, it was. Look, it's fascinating. It's the three hours. Uh, it's made by Loon Media, the Sydney production company, sort of a cottage um, production company, if you like. They also made River Cottage. So they're very good at doing these um, these series. But, yeah, look, there was just so much to take in on that first episode. 
you know i i just yeah. got so much more information that everybody should have you know that that yes. would really help you you know when you because often yeah you look at some packaging and you go you know it'll have the recycle thing on the back but you just wonder oh really because it you know look i think that the tetra packs where they were showing you know they've they've made a cardboard they've got plastic they've got aluminium you know and the, yeah. they went to the recycling plant and the bloke said look yeah we just you can't really process this thing because it's you know it's just made the, the response i mean what i took away from it was the me as a consumer i've got to actually do more because correct the, the companies are failing big time right governments yeah. governments letting us down possibly because they don't think there's many votes in it right um and the the companies the recycling companies are certainly letting us down i mean a lot of the recycling packages i on plastic i see it says return to store and i'm going well what does that mean i mean return to store so do you but do you take it back and put it in the the plastic bin or which and i might say in my local woolworths they used to have a really comprehensive options for recycling but now it's gone back to just one little almost trash can where people seem yeah. to dump, dump anything in it and it, it it is it is really hard you know when we're all time poor we go to the supermarket you go to the fruit and vegetable shelf now and everything is shrink wrapped in plastic oh. everything Ridiculous. you know and i even went deliberately went to a fruit and vegetable store the other day with my bags to avoid buying stuff with plastic on them and then there was an item that i wanted that wasn't on the shelf and they said oh no we've got it out the back how much do you want i said a good handful they came back they had put it into a container and shrink wrapped it with the sticker <laughs> and i was just like what why didn't you just give it to me in my hand and let because the cash register didn't have a, a thing to weigh up there like it's insane yeah I, I think there's real opp opportunity for retailers here too you know if a big chain really makes a stand and really yeah you know, tries to they're going to get a lot of customers you know i know i would pay a little bit more if i had to for a company doing the right thing offering you know less packaging or zero packaging and just so i can just get the products um yeah and and get them home without having yeah create all this bloody waste it's just incredible um yeah it in, really is in that first episode we also got to see some great volunteers who were setting up their own sort of recycling programs but what about the blister packs that was something i'd never thought of the the blister packs that you get your tablets in you know and, and i've just yeah. been chucking them away i don't really get i've never even thought about that could you recycle them i just assume oh, it's one of the things you can't so it goes yeah. into the sort of regular waste um that was really interesting um and uh, the amount they did uh they got together the amount of plastic waste a person makes each year they were down on the beach in manly with that big big package and people were trying to guess and some people thought oh is that a is that a lifetime is it um you know is it a decade <laughs> one woman said oh, yeah. was it one day <laughs> yeah no no but it's an amazing thing you think everybody creates that much waste it's just it's quite frightening yeah no look really really huge thumbs up for it they've done such an amazing job and 
I think it's really important that we go that we return to war on waste, which you can watch now on iView or when it goes to air on the ABC on a Tuesday night, because we were doing so well and then COVID came and we had to bring in all of this extra packaging and face masks and all this stuff to protect us. And I think uh you know, we lost some of that momentum we had, although as they talked out in War and Waste, the fact that we were at home spending more time at home, it actually gave people more time to think about how they could be more responsible. So it was give and take both things. But, yeah, it's really time for us to get back on that bandwagon and uh, I'll be glued to the next two episodes of War on Waste. Yeah, and Craig Rucastle does such a good job. I think this show could be on a bit more yeah. regularly too. We need more than just three episodes a year, I yeah. think. But- um, they should be what, watching this in school. This is being. Yeah. This should, is something that students should be watching because it's the young people that will go back to their houses and say to their parents, "Listen, I'll be in charge of uh, the yellow yeah. bin recycling. I've got all the knowledge." You know, this is absolutely something that uh, they should be showing you in a school. Yeah, I would imagine like half hour, ten apps easily you could do. You know, uh, yeah, uh, and the information that is out there that could be you know, repackaged up um, for the consumer <laughs> would be incredible. Okay, War on Waste, uh, ABC and iView, three episodes. Let's go to the other drama on um, BBC First via Foxtel and or Binge, uh, The Catch, about an old school fisherman on the west coast of England. What did you make of this one? Well, I was really pleasantly surprised. I just read the synopsis and went, oh, God, I don't want to watch that. (laughs) And then I started watching it, and literally within the first five minutes, it was like, oh, maybe I do want to watch this. I just really, 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 um, from the moment I saw him, I really fell for the character of Ed Collier, that lead fisherman, as played by Jason Watkins. I mean, it opens up with a flashback to a really traumatic event in his life, which explains so much about, you know, the way, the type of man that he is, you know, and the next minute we're seeing his life, his wife, he's got a mother-in-law with dementia, Uh, he's got issues with his uh, fishing, whether or not it's a viable business anymore. It's, It's really a bit of a perfect storm brewing. And the next thing you know, his daughter turns up with a guy and there's something about that guy. And they tell you in the audience, this guy is, uh, he's dodgy and the dad picks up on it. But of course the women are like, oh, isn't he lovely? Yeah. I really, really got suckered into that. I watched two last night, boom, straight off and went, yeah, right. I'm really into this. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this didn't thrill me at all. Even when I started, I'm thinking, oh, really? I mean, Jason Watkins is just going to plod through this as, you know, life on a trawler going out and, you know, he's got a few problems trying to make a dollar, you know, uh, big deal. What's, yeah. what's all about it? But it, it is quite intriguing when the, um, when the daughter turns up with the, the dodgy boyfriend. But yeah. the irony is that the father who's really, onto him as almost as dodgy as clearly the boyfriend so you don't know which one is um and i just wonder if those it will the plot sort of gel together and bring it all together because the the fishermen's fighting these sort of who we think are, are competing fishermen there's you know there's 
some real conflict going on in the um in the harbor i guess from the um there's sort of nasty messages being left there's people cutting his nets and you know um sabotaging yeah. his boat and so you say, you sort of wonder what i wonder where that's going to go meanwhile he's trying to investigate his daughter's dodgy boyfriend. So, look, Jason Watkins does a great job. He was in um, McDonald and Dodds. I think he's Dodds in that sort of cop drama, that UK crime drama, which which I haven't seen, but does interest me. He was um, he was in Dares with David Tennant, something we both liked, which must be nearly two years ago. But uh, yeah, was also- I don't remember him in Dares. What else was he in? I don't remember I, him at all in Dares. He was Harold Wilson in The Crown. Um, oh right well i can see him doing that yes 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 do you know what i did um recall him from when i looked up what he'd done before he played mr humphreys in that one-off remake of are you being served that the bbc did you know a few years back and it was just like this is so bizarre why are you doing that and he was and then i was like oh yes i can see you in that um so yeah it's it's an interesting uh career but uh, he's really good in this and uh i love it that it's only four episodes long it's a drama from channel five we know that channel five are making co-producing the australian dramas that we've talked to uh with jason herbison on that separate podcast riptide live with me i mean look channel five are making very their dramas i would describe them as being very soapy there's a a lot going on but i like soapy dramas like this they really suck you in yeah yeah, i'm with you four episodes i should be able to get through this one out need trouble uh anna and barnard plays the the dodgy son ryan but he looks great and he does look shifty um he really does he looks very familiar to me but there's not much else he's been in that that i can recall him but the the girl i really like is uh poppy gilbert uh plays the daughter abby she was chloe in that uh drama of the same name i think from last year which i i really got into and she was also in uh stay close with james and nesbitt she's very beautiful she's got these beautiful eyes and what yeah. about brenda fricker playing the mother-in-law the mother uh you, you know it's just you know she, you know her, her mind is coming and going but there's this great scene where they're playing cards and it's like you know you've got to pick up a card now and all of this and then of course there's this great end to that scene and you go oh that's just so beautifully written uh you know people who've been in those situations i'm sure would uh go yep yep that's what it's like um yeah really really uh interesting situations and you know what the the house they live in on the water i mean it's interesting to see a a drama set by the coast in england um which is a place not renowned for being able to jump in the water and splashing around in <laughs> um and of course we've got a lifeguard in this who's what a major becomes a major character as well and you know it does it did look great um they must have had a great summer when they filmed it because there was only one scene um where i saw them at the fishing boat and it looked like it was later in the afternoon and it was kind of overcast and I, and i saw the actress kind of pulling her jacket together and i thought yeah it's cold now you know here's the reality of filming a show in the, setting a show in the uk in summer but look yeah I, I thought it was terrific and the drone shots showing the house and the area it just it really really sucked me in 
Yeah, I- interestingly enough, even though it's set on the west coast of Ireland, it was apparently filmed in Ireland, uh, the west coast of England, but it was filmed yeah, in Ireland. filmed in Ireland. Yeah. 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 Uh, and there's never anybody much else on that beach, is there? It's always, <laughs> it's pretty deserted. There, yeah, yeah. Some of those beach scenes aren't that convincing, but, but that's, that's, that's okay. Okay. So that's the catch on BBC first, Foxtel or binge. Look, let's go to our second correspondence this week. Uh, this is an interesting one from Tony Price. Uh, Tony writes, Hello, gentlemen. Love the podcast. Really excellent listening. Thank you for that, uh, Tony. He said, I tend to be about 60-40 in agreement, disagreement with a fair amount of your thoughts. Well, he says in brackets, although we are absolutely on the same page with the idol, Andrew. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. We'll overlook that uh, problem you've got there, Tony. I actually, <laughs> I like the idol. Uh, but it doesn't enjoy it doesn't indent my enjoyment, he said, when we disagree. He said, actually, it enhances. Good on you. He says, I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer, and I thought I'd offer a few of my thoughts. I really love it when you guys circle back to shows that have finished up that you watched. It's among my favourite things when you talk about um, a whole series. So I would appreciate if more time was dedicated to shows that you started and perhaps did or didn't finish and then explained why or why not. I enjoyed all the added tidbits and knowledge you give into productions and need to commend you both on delivery and explanations. Well, thank you a lot for that, Tony. And he, he ends with a few of his own recommendations. Now, these are a yeah. little little bit out there compared to some of the things we normally look at, but he's just been watching 15 Love. He says he liked the first episode. But then there's a few things we I don't think we've got to, um, among them the horrors of Dolores Roach. Um, yes, I think which Amazon was, Prime. Yeah, I think there's been... Um, yeah, just one series. It's about um, Dolores gets out of prison after 16 years, uh, wrongfully incarcerated, I think. And the thing that interests me is that Mark Maron, the podcaster, uh, gets a role in this. I, he uh, was in, he and, was in roadies and, a few years ago. And the thing that's got me uh, sort of sticking with it is, is I know Cindy Lauper's going to play a private okay. investigator at some point. I've watched a couple of episodes of that, and it's on our list of things. Uh, okay. You know, because there's certain people change, so we're going to start running out of shows with the actors' strike. So, yeah, I keep this running list. Yeah, the horrors of Dolores Roach is there. I am working my way through that. Okay. He also thinks uh, the after party is good, and he, he's watching the second season on uh, – Apple TV Plus. I think that's a yep. American high school reunion show where the Yeah, I've read about that. The second series, it's like a murder mystery and each episode seems to focus on uh uh a different character's viewpoint, maybe. That's what I read. But I pushed it to the side because I thought, oh, we haven't seen season one. Can we come into it season two? Sure. Maybe Tony can email us back and tell us if we could start with season two. Is it a different murder mystery each season? Maybe it is, and maybe we could watch it standalone. Okay. And he's been on binge. He's been watching Warrior, which is up to season three, which is oh, an American yeah. martial arts crime drama, which is an interesting genre. But um, we haven't gone there on this one. I, I might try and catch an episode or two of that. And his final um, – his final recommendation is Leverage. 
I think, which the sequel series is Leverage Redemption, American crime drama best known for, I think, starring Timothy Hutton. That is a fantastic suggestion about uh, returning back to something, circling back as we call it. And I've got one right now that I'll do, and that is The Clearing, the Australian drama oh, yeah. on Disney. Sorry, my dog is barking. Um, the Clearing starring Miranda Otto about the weird cult family. I made my way through eight episodes of that and I got to that last episode and just went, why? <laughs> I was really disappointed. It just felt like it went on and on and on. It didn't need to be that long. But my biggest complaint about it is that it didn't add in. There was nothing added to that story, James. I mean, you could go watch the real three three-hour documentary on Stan and Ivy about that family, and yet we made an eight hour drama about it and to me didn't add anything new to the story and so yeah it was really really a, a big disappointment uh the clearing by the time i got to the end of that didn't live up to the potential at all okay all right look the last um show we'll talk about today is the second season of the bear i think from yeah. memory the i've seen the first couple of episodes i couldn't actually remember. I think the first season ended with the restaurant closing and um Yes. And Kami the put a sign up. Restaurant closing. Yeah. Yeah. Kami put a sign up saying, look, we will be back with a new restaurant. Um yep. I think that, that's all it said. And the new season starts with them planning this new restaurant. And I've got to say it's I really enjoyed the first two episodes. I've watched the first two as well. I actually found the first episode kind of stressful. I thought, oh, I got this kind of feeling of dread, like when they said, oh, you know, we'll open this fine dining experience within this set amount of time. I just thought, oh, this is going to be drama coming here. Um, and it sort of stressed me out a little bit. But then I watched the second episode and the second episode was a completely different feel. Um, actually, no, I've watched three episodes. I watched the third one last night in bed. Um, each episode has a very different feel to it. You never quite know what you're getting when you're watching and it's, it's delving into some very different aspects of setting up a restaurant. It's just so unique, the bear. Um, it's really, really, uh, really interesting to watch. And you know, my favorite character in it is uh neil as played by maddie matheson who's sort of that guy that comes in and kind of helps them and <laughs> he's all the time he's that he ends up in the second episode having this huge fight um with richie about whether or not they should move the lockers uh in terms of repainting the restaurant and he keeps um he doesn't win the argument and he calls out mom mom so that the sister will come out and make the deciding vote and just the the facial acting between these two guys as they're they're their childhood friends and they're still having these childhood type arguments and it's very funny i love it i mean the whole series is pretty stressful watching really isn't it i mean yeah it's entertaining but gee you sort of grimace a lot and go oh i, I can see this conflict coming i mean of course i know Richie's at the centre of and every scene Richie's in, I I always I tense up and I sort of go, oh no, here we go again, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's interesting that uh, so they it's not a real spoiler to say, I think the start of that first episode, they say, look, we'll be open in six months. 
by they're yeah. obviously but by the end of that first episode they've chopped that down to three months and yeah that's crazy. how that first episode ends and then it's going to unfurl from that and it's it's an amazing and it's sort of you know 13 emmy nominations for this series so it's very highly thought of um Jeremy Allen White does such a great job as Carmi and probably Richie oh, and, and, and Sydney are the other main characters, aren't they? Yeah. They, they yeah. really almost carry this, but but everybody's got an important role to play, every member of that staff. Yeah, and I cannot wait uh, for the episode in which a flash back is going to show us Jamie Lee Curtis as their mother. Um, <laughs> can't wait. Love Jamie Lee. She was a fan of the show. She said, you know, it took her all of one second to decide to do the role. Um, yeah, I cannot wait for that one. Okay, look, I'll go first with show of the week this week. I'm going to have to give it to the most important show as well. I've got to, I can't, I can't not give it to War on Waste, I think. Yeah, do you know, I feel exactly the same. I was actually walking the dog this morning thinking, which is the drama I like better? Did I love the catch more? Did I love 15 Love? And then I was like, you know what? I can't walk past how incredible War on Waste is. As I said before, it's a reminder of the power of television, what TV can do when every now and then it decides to do something good. It, it, it can have incredible changes. And, yeah, I, even though it's in its third season, it's still such compelling view. Well done to the War on Waste. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I haven't got much else for you this week. I'll finish with a reminder about um, emailing us. And thanks to um, Tony and Greg for your great uh, correspondence this week. You can send an email to comments at tvgold.au. One quick question for you, Andrew. Um, American Horror Story, are you still on board with the uh, Ryan Murphy series? Season 12, the... Um, few days ago, the trailer dropped and Kim Kardashian is going to be one of the actors in the new season. Yeah, couldn't care less that Kim Kardashian is oh. acting, to tell you the truth. An American Horror Story, a very patchy series. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's shocking. Always starts well and then I've rarely finished any of them. Um, but when it comes, I will watch this one with Kim Kardashian and talk about that because everyone will be talking about it. Um, my, my thing that I wanted to mention, is that, uh, of course, we've got the Logies on Sunday. We can talk about yeah. that next week. Uh, next week, also, the return of Thank God You're Here on Channel 10, Wednesday night at 7.30, They're giving no information out in advance. They're trying to keep it so much under wraps. What's really interesting for me, though, is uh, that Channel 7 are repeating the John Farnham Finding the Voice movie next Wednesday night, wow. literally nine days after they first screened it. But Interestingly enough, they're screening it at 8.30. You know, if they'd screened it at 7.30, we could have all really gone, whoa, that is some serious shade being thrown there because Thank God You're Here, of course, famously was a show that, have I got this right, it started on 10 and then 7 bought it and now it's gone back to 10? Correct, yeah. Yep. Yeah, That's so it's interesting. interesting. I mean, um yeah, I mean that Seven are actually got a new season of Border Res Border Security Australia's Frontline beginning on uh, Wednesday night up against uh, Thank God You're Here. But of course, we know that a lot of the audience uh, will probably be on nine watching Travel Guide. It's a phenomenally popular show. Um, yeah, let's see what goes on there next week. 
All right, good stuff, Andrew. Uh, you can read Andrew every week in Media Week, of course, with his Friday column, Mercado on TV. You can give us a preview about this week. Uh, yeah, I haven't actually decided, James, um, because one of the things, I don't know whether it's next week we'll be talking about still a few weeks away, Mother and Son. The first episode of Mother and Son's up on that ABC media preview site, James. Oh, really? Yeah, have a lot to say about that when it comes, a lot. Okay. Oh, wow. That's something to look forward to. Okay. You've been listening to TV Gold. We'd love it if you would uh, follow us or quick subscribe, depending on which platform you're on, and uh, tell your friends to listen as well. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. We'll speak next week. Thanks, James. Everyone have a great week.